Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Health and Safety Conversations. Here's your host, Tom Bourne. Hi, and welcome to Health and Safety Conversations. I'm Tom Bourne, and with me today is David Joyce. David, I've known for a number of years. Um, he's one. He's one of the good guys. He's one of the the best people I've actually met. He instills a great work life balance, which I'm quite envious of. Um, I've known Dave. As I said, for a few years, a uh, good person. But Dave, uh, for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no worries, Tom. Thanks for having me on today too. Um, so I currently reside in Queensland. I'm a trainer and assessor. I also do a fair bit of health and safety um, work for the company I'm with at the moment. That's Link Resources. Um, my main focus sort of thing is... Um, I do a lot of um, equipment coordination with the, with the company. Um, I moved over to Australia when I was 25. So I've been here about 16 years now. Um, not quite long enough to be uh, a citizen. <laughs> um, but I've been here about 16 years. Before that, I was in New Zealand. Um, and I worked in the forestry most of my life. Um, left school when I was, when I was quite young. I was about 13 when I um, packed it in and um, ran off and started working with some of my cousins doing silviculture. And then when I turned 17, I was I jumped on um, into the logging sort of side of it. So I've um, pretty much most of my life been on the hard tools um, up until a few years ago, 2018, 19, I um, under sort of forced circumstances, I decided to retrain myself. And um, now I've got a, a lot easier job for, for a few, see, see my days out, hopefully. <laughs> uh, Dave, um, you mentioned a few things there. Getting involved in uh, logging and forestry, what's that actually involve? Because I've only got a tiny little bit of knowledge about it. I mean, I, at one stage here, I lived with a forest behind me and there were certainly logging vehicles going in and out, but... 
apart from that, I don't have a clue. What 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 did he actually do? So um, I'd pretty much done everything. I was um, when I was doing silver culture. So that's from planting, so planting pine trees to pruning them, uh, thinning them out. So you go through with a chainsaw, chop down all the little ones. It's after a few a few years to get the nice good straight ones out. Um, so that was sort of um, silver culture. And then when I was about seventeen, I went into logging, and that was um, working on what we my main job was breaking out. So I uh, would set up a thing called like a um, a hauler, and it would sit up the top of a, a hill, and would have to run really big. Um, cables out through the bush and act like a giant pulley system and um, the chains would come down on these cables and me and a, another bloke would be down in the in the bush and we'd hook up logs and we'd, um, once we'd hooked them up we'd get out of the way and they'd pull those logs up the hill and I'd done that um, till I was 25 yeah, so I was quite fit back then. I was going to say it sounds like pretty hard work for a 13 year old my friend Oh yeah, I was, I was really fit back those days, um, <laughs> and then I go uh, play rugby on a Saturday. Oh dear, well, at least what I've got to ask you another question: Why, why did you move to Australia? Um, there was a few reasons. I was, I think, I was getting a bit frustrated in New Zealand. Um, literally, um, spending so long in the bush. Um, as you know, New Zealand weather can be quite um, wet and cold and um, I heard about the sunshine over here so I, <laughs> I jumped on a plane and came over here to a friend and um, and started doing a bit of pretty much everything odd jobs I think my first little, little job over here was putting uh, the mountable school school classrooms together at a factory down in Waco yep. um, I'd done that for a few months and then um I think I moved to the Sunshine Coast and um, started doing tree works. Yeah, so it was a bit good, a bit better jumping on chainsaws again, something I kind of um, already knew about. And um, after I'd done that for a few months, I started climbing and um, I climbed for a few years. Yeah, so it was quite, quite physical again, physical job. Yeah. We've got to, got to say uh, that the lovely sunshine. What's the weather like up in the sunny coast at the moment? Oh, it's not too bad. Yesterday it was a bit drizzly, um, but warm. That's the that's the thing. It's warm. What uh, what's today? A, what sort of temperatures are we talking about? Oh, early twenties. Oh, yeah. Down in Perth here, mate. Uh, the, the top today expected is sixteen degrees. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a little sad, mate. <laughs> Yeah, right. I miss that Queensland sunshine, I tell you. All right. Um, all those physical jobs, did did you see any any injuries happen to any of the, the people you're working with in that time? Um, I did. I did. Um, when when I was in New Zealand, we actually um, there was a couple of guys that we lost that they they um, they just had um, quite a lack of concentration and um, ended up um, getting killed. Oh. Um, it was a it was a very dangerous job logging. Um, mm. But we were always, I was always on the front foot. I always kind of think ahead a lot more, um, try not to lose my concentration too much. 
Um, on the rigs, same same sort of deal. Um, but I think the worst I ever saw on the rigs was a, a bloke falling out of a, a shipping container that was on the back of a um, flatbed truck, trying to literally trying to rescue a 44-gallon drum of oil falling out. And he, we thought he'd broken his back, but he had just broken his hip, which was best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of drilling, um, was that onshore or offshore drilling you did, or both? Um, all all my drilling was onshore, uh, mainly in Queensland here. Right. Where about where, whereabouts were you in Queensland? So my first ever um, my first ever drilling gig, we were in based in. Little place called Mara. Um, spent a lot of tape, time up in Mara, and they they call it the um, the graveyard for drill pipe up there because the um, coal seams are quite fractured, yeah, yeah. and um, you'd be drilling through nice nice soft coal and then straight into some hard rock formation, and and you'd snap your drill string off about a thousand meters out. So it'd be yeah. real frustrating whenever that happened. So the drillers usually are well and truly in advance of any, you know, mining camps or anything like that. Is that correct? What was that? Sorry. You, when you go out drilling, you're well and truly in advance of any sort of like establishment of mining camps. And that it, I, I imagine it'd be pretty rough and ready. It was. Um, sometimes when you go to a good, a good size um, town or something like Mara, they've got a, um, a quite a big mine there as well. Yeah. So there's a good mine camp there that we used to stay in. Um, you know, there was also back in the days where I think my first um, mobile camp, so that's when the camp actually follows follows the drilling rig around, was literally just um, the shipping containers with air cons in them and bunk beds. And um, the air cons would never work. So you'd end up having to sleep with the door open and you don't really want to be doing that when you're on night shift. So the sun will be just blasting in. Yeah. But yeah. the old camp managers would say, don't turn your aircon off because the snakes, the, the bloody pythons will climb inside you. <laughs> They'll come in through the aircon ducts. So it was yep. a bit, I was just a naive Kiwi. <laughs> yeah. I was worried about everything. Oh, dear. As my wife, who's a Kiwi, says, everything in Australia is out to kill you, so... Maybe not, but it seems like that, I'm sure. Because you guys don't even have snakes, do you? Don't have snakes. We just we actually just got back from New Zealand and um my son when we were back there, he's like, Do we have to worry about snakes? And I was like, There's no snakes here, mate. It was, <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Um yeah. I got I gotta say, um, all of the industries you've worked in up until when you when you made a career change, um was there any emphasis on health and safety, the laws of regarding health and safety at all? Yeah, well, in New Zealand, it's a lot different. Um, I basically went through the whole time in the bush back there, not even knowing what a unit of competency was or a, a ticket, a licence to drive anything. Um, when I came over to Australia here, it was a lot more... Um, regulated I, I suppose um the the main thing in the industries is, is the culture of the people that own it and um what i found especially on drilling rigs it, it, the um 
the senior people would always dictate how important safety was in regards to how everyone else takes it. So if the senior people took took it as a joke, then um, everyone else would as well. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've I've believed about safety culture for quite some time. That it's it's the people who are managing people, and particularly managing people on the ground, that actually make that big difference. Um, and you're right. If if safety's not taken seriously by a, a supervisor, no one else takes it seriously. They kind of set the tone for the whole environment. That's why you can have organisations where some parts of them have a good safety culture and other parts just don't. It really is sort of frontline supervisor type um, dominated, yeah. should I say. Yeah, uh, for sure. All right. You've mentioned about having to being forced into a career change. Why yeah. was that? Um, so back in, I think it was late 2018, um, I was working up in um, Moorabah, I think it might have been. And no, it was out in Dolby, actually, sorry. And coming on for night shift, um, it was a rig move. And we were setting up, we were setting up the rig. And a job that I'd done over the past seven years with that rig, um, hundreds, hundreds, even thousands of times, um, I picked up uh, hydraulic hose with a co-worker of mine and um, we went to move it around to plug her in and I just twisted the wrong way. It was eight o'clock at night. It was a chilly evening. Um, didn't do any warm-ups, which I probably should have. Uh, twisted the wrong way and I sort of heard a, heard a bit of a snap and felt a bit of a snap. Uh, didn't feel any pain straight away, um, but as as we're supposed to, any incident is to be reported. So I went and let my rig manager know. Um, and by the end of that twelve-hour shift, ten hours later, um, I could hardly walk. So it was uh, what had happened is um, so we didn't find out until about four months later. Um, I was going through. Everyone was just like my doctors and physios were like, oh, you've just pulled a muscle. Um, we found out. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I had a spinal specialist have a look at me and I fractured a vertebrae in my lower lumbar. And it was a pars defect fracture. So what happened was the muscles just were continually contracting and wouldn't release. 
So it was it's like having cramp in a spot that just never lets up. Um, and it was like pushing on nerves and all sorts of stuff. So um, not able to do the physical work like that anymore. I um, I saw an opportunity to, to do a bit of study um, and I ended up studying my cert for in health and safety and also my cert for um, training and assessing, which is, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. It was, it's a blessing in disguise. It was, it was definitely... Um, a real frustrating and hard time of my life, but managed to get through it. So, yeah, only, only one way to go up, eh? That's right, mate. That's right. Um, look, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I may have had something to do with you and, and, and the TAE. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, Dave, but I'm going to tell you it now. And if anyone listens to that, they, they can listen too. I actually was pretty confident you'd succeed in life, mate. I was pretty confident because I'll be honest, you weren't really good at paperwork. And that, that that's okay because some of us also are not very good at paperwork. But you were determined and you were determined and you were determined and there was stuff you might have struggled to understood or it's understood its relevance, but you kept asking questions and you were kept being persistent. And the thing I like most of all, mate, particularly for, for you, was when it came to be time right at the end to do your presentations, you got up and I think you literally surprised everyone else in the room by how good you were. Um, to me, that said, you, know, you were going to make it. So congratulations. Look, I, I, I seriously just want to say congratulations. I didn't know that you'd come from uh, an interesting schooling background like that. Um, and can I just say for you to be actually not, well, they, they call trainers, teachers, lecturers, they call them all different names, but for you to be doing that, you've come a hell of a long way and you, you really should be proud of yourself. Um, for anyone who else doesn't know Dave, I can tell you now, he's, a, he is, I would say the ultimate family guy, um, envious that you worked out how to get a good family and, and work-life balance mate very much so so congratulations again on that i'll stop doing the compliments because you know, <laughs> I, me blush, I, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right um now uh, you're working for a link as a trainer what are you training so I do a lot of uh, different training, mainly stuff like working at heights, confined space, um, gas testing, uh, breathing apparatus, self-contained breathing apparatus, um, do some fun stuff like the four-wheel drive courses, yep. skill, skill sets like that, um, white card, weed and seed sort of training. It, it definitely keeps you busy. Um, when, I, when I was first started training, I'd be up, like till 10 o'clock at night going through all the presentations, questions, um, just being that person where like expect the unexpected. Someone's going to ask this question. I need to have an answer for them. So, um, but it's, um, I, I never thought I'd be one to stand up in front of a classroom and be telling other people, um, you know, the ins and outs of certain things, but it's, got, it's been good. I've got to say, um, it, it makes me also a bit proud of you also when you say that you, you were doing the, the 10 o'clock stuff and it, it's what it takes actually to be a good educator, mate, is, is, is to, again, 
get up, learn your stuff, think about what the students are going to ask and have the answers ready. So well done again on that. Um, when you got hurt in 2018, did you went through workers' comp at all? Yeah, yep. So I had to had to go through workers' comp and um, sort of when you're hurt and you can't do a job like that, um, there was actually the the company was going through some restructures at the time as well and um, obviously I was probably one of the easiest ones to let go. Mm. Um, but workers' comp had a, a duty to, to look after me, so um, I helped help them out by suggesting a few things. Yep. Um, one of them was doing a like studying, and um, they, I, when I got made redundant, I had to have some sort of um, work experience keeping me in the industry, and a, a few um, friends of mine suggested. Um, a company I'd done some training with, and that was Link Resources. And I remember him coming in, the, um, one of the um, business managers, and saying, "If you ever want to, ever want a career doing training and assessing, um, let me know." So I gave him a call up, and I said, "Told him my situation," and he's like, "Come, come down and hang out with us." So when I first started with Link, um, I was just turning up to to learn pretty much. And I'd just um, hitch a ride around with the trainers and watch them um, training and assessing and seeing all the different styles. It's it's quite amazing how many um, trainers get their messages across different ways. Mm-hmm. So I was really I was really really lucky. I think that I had that opportunity to to hang out with um, such great people and learn from them with um, so much experience and. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was ready to jump on the jump in front of the classroom, I remember it was one morning. I walked into the office really just to help out, and um, Suzanne Strong, she was our our operations manager at the time. She's like, "You're going to be a lifesaver today, Dave." Is working at heights, and the trainers called him sick. And I, I tell you, I almost passed out. I was so scared. But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I think I absolutely nailed it. So I was really, really stoked with that. I was definitely chucked in the deep end that day. Yeah, I'll tell you what. All right, here's a, here's a question just purely from someone who's at Lewis Training. When you, when you knew you nailed your first one and the students finally shuffled off and left you, how did you feel? Oh, it was reading the... Um, reading the comments or the feedback and um i think i may even sent you a couple yep 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 (laughs) and um i was just really proud eh? and i think after the course i would have sat in the classroom for about an hour just um marking all the paperwork and just really just trying to gather myself think what what did i just do i think i impressed myself yeah mate. more than anything but yeah it's good when you put the work in and and you can sit back and reflect and go, I've done really well. I'm kind of proud of myself. So well done, mate. Yeah. Um, all right. One last question before we wrap up today. You've now had a, quite a few students across various uh, courses, uh, all kind of safety related. What's the one concept you believe that students are struggling to understand with safety? It doesn't need to be hard, and it really doesn't need to be hard. It's 
something as simple as uh, take five is all you have to do um, before you do any any type of job. I, I tell everyone they they do that risk management process every day before they go to work or before they um, go out shopping or anything like that before they get behind the wheel of a car. They're always thinking, you know, what what can hurt me? Mm. How's it going to affect me? Um, what can I do to stop it? Did that work? You know, it's, it's, it's simple four steps. Yeah. Um, another really, really big one that I sort of put across to people is peer pressure is probably a real a real big one as well. Um, if if a hundred people are on the roof on the roof of a building with a harness and one person gets on without a harness and he keeps telling everyone you don't need a harness, everyone's going to take those harnesses off. They want the easiest way out. And if someone's going to tell them that that's the easiest way to do it, they're going to listen to them. You know, peer pressure with especially if it's senior people. Um, if they're bringing that peer pressure and that culture in, it's it's going to keep going. Yep. yep. Um, All right. I I I, I kind of fibbed it because I'm going to ask you another question only because you brought it up, uh, and I, right, I figured figured I might as well ask someone who brings it up. All right. You've worked industrial sites. You've worked heavy sites pretty much most of your life. All right. And I, I'm guessing you didn't do take fives till you came to Australia. No. Okay. Yep. Now, you, but you use take fives in Australia? Yeah, I've used take fives in Australia. All right. Do they work, Dave? Do they work? I think so. To a, to a point, if, if everyone wants to pay attention, if everyone wants to sit back and do them properly, the thing is I don't think many people know how to do them properly. Mm. Um, I've seen when I've been put on a, a drilling crew that have been doing something a certain way and when I look at the take fives, I'm like, you, you guys are doing this wrong. Like, it's it's very plain to see. And a lot of people just do it as a flick and tick. You know, yeah. it's um, KPIs. You know, how many how many take fives did your crew do this night shift? Oh, we done 10. Okay, you guys, you need to do 12. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the pressure of safety like that is... Is, is wrong in my eyes. Uh, there shouldn't be um, pats on the backs for whoever can do as many um, take fires or JSAs or who can drill as many metres. Back in the day, there was like, you used to get paid bonuses for drilling um, more metres. So when you've got two crews of people, night shift and a day shift, day shift to come in, they'll drill, they'll bury the bit, they'll drill, drill, drill. Night shift will come in and they'll go to drill and the and the bit's blunt. So they're gonna to have to pull all the rod string out, change the change the bit, go all the way back in. By the time they've done that, it's day shift again. And then day shift's just gonna bury the bit again. Yeah, yeah. And it's dangerous because it's it's sending the wrong message these days. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I, look, take fives to me, they're a great idea, but they got to kind of be followed up. They've got to actually been done, you know, fair income and real, not people sitting outside their donger in the morning doing a take five before they've even got to site or uh, yeah. or just looking at what they've ticked yesterday and ticking it again. To me, I, I like what you said earlier when you said about people just thinking about what they 
what could harm them and that and and it not it doesn't to me necessarily have to be formalized on a piece of paper it's just a it's a mindset to think about things before you start it so no that's good that's good all right we might wrap it up today dave thanks very much again for coming on and it's always a pleasure to see and hear from you um good luck with the family and with link training and i will speak to you soon no worries thanks for having me tom no worries cheers mate Thanks for listening to Health and Safety Conversations with Tom Bourne. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week.